0: Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the PHNX Rising Show, brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, don't forget to leave a five-star review. My name is Ramon Chavez, super happy to be here, and alongside me is my partner, Owen. How are you doing, sir? You
1: know what? It feels weird, doesn't it? Normally, what happens with these, you go, oh, it's another busy week, there's more stuff. This week isn't. Take
0: some it's time weird. off. The players are. They got some, you know. I soft can softball. tell.
1: Yeah, they. A lot of them are. They. <laughs> yeah. You know, we can get into that later more. But yeah, they are. They are taking a bit of a break. Um, being like yeah. to kind of get away from the football a little bit, and mm-hmm. hopefully they come back feeling a little bit more refreshed, a little bit more yeah. ready to go. Mm-hmm. We'll see a little bit of an uptick, but. Yeah. Not going to be no, an I easy think, return, no.
0: <laughs> for sure. No, I think everyone just kind of needed a break after that Memphis game. So, uh, But we do have to talk about it, uh, Owen. That's what we're going to talk about today. A little bit of that. Um, also, we're going to preview some of the uh, USL action that's going to be happening tomorrow, reviewing what happened this last weekend. And then we got some front office news, too, uh, regarding rising in the organization as a whole. So we're going to talk about that as well. But, Owen, big sigh. We got to talk about what happened on saturday you were there live and in person you know it's a few days and I, like again I, we sound like a broken record you know speaking of records i got a new one over here just if if anyone's keeping track that's kind of gonna kind of be my thing what if you got back there uh a new record over here little j cole little j cole action but uh anyway back to the topic sound like a broken record because every tuesday we come here right and it's like, well, what what happened with the defense? And we couldn't, and Rising couldn't score. And, and what's going on with Sean? It's like, it sounds like the, the the same broken record. So how are you feeling? And, and what were your thoughts on, on Saturday's performance?
1: I feel like it's just disappointing because it's the same again. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, look, we weren't necessarily expecting Rising to go in there and come away with anything. You know, we, we said all along that if Rising had been performing better throughout the season, that that what were you know, he just accepted the fact that they dropped points away to Memphis, they dropped points away to Louisville. It's one of those things. But mm-hmm. it's just disappointing because right now they need it. And it didn't feel like at times, especially at times in that first half, it mm-hmm. didn't feel like there was the desire. There was the uh just you know, commitment to it to to mm. try and get those three points that this team really, right now, very desperately needs. It yeah. feels as though what we're seeing, and as this comment here uh from Gelly suggests, is the fact that this team relies way too heavily on Ben Lund. Uh that's something that, that people in that camp will admit that they rely too heavily on Ben Lund. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just disappointing because it's it's the same the same again, the same again, the same again. And it's never really good enough, is it?
0: Yeah, and it's, it, you know, the, the thing that really upset me is that, and you pointed it out, it could have been, you know, uh, or uh, D goalie here on the chat, 6-1, it could have been with if, if it wasn't for Lunt. And, you know, we I praise Lunt for those saves and all this stuff and, and his heroics, but when your goalkeeper's the best player out on the field, there's something wrong. There's something wrong on the team. It means that you're not performing well. And Rising just didn't come out to play literally 30 seconds after the initial whistle. uh, Memphis almost gets on the board. And then in, the, in the, the next play, which was a corner, they almost get another goal. So it's like, like, what is going on? Like, how do these guys, you know, and I'm not fully blaming the players, but how do, how do they train for an entire week? Come out like so flat and just look like a team that just doesn't know what's going on or, or worse, they don't care. I don't
1: know. It's, it's gonna I'm just gonna take slightly segue here. I'd like to, to shout out we've got a new member into the chat here. Uh Dooley and Rick must go. Uh that's a new one. We of gotta make we've a seen new fire in a... not I don't know. <laughs> but this is now we've got fire chants and dooley and rick must go here in the chat. So hey, uh Yeah.
0: Yeah, I appreciate the effort. and then there's fire chants on the other side. So <laughs> I just Oh, my God. I applaud the effort, guys.
1: (laughs) Look, but let's get to to what you were saying there. I I do wonder, and I know that a lot of people have been saying Rick's lost the locker room. We've kind of speculated on it as Mm -hmm. well. It feels as though what we're seeing increasingly is a situation where you know, these boys come out just—you don't see the desire from them until there are a couple of goals down or, or mm. something else happens that kind of wrongs them in some way, yeah. and then they start to pick it up. They start to, you know, do it almost as though they're fighting for themselves more than for anything. You know, once it gets yeah. to a certain point, they realize how bad it is. They're fighting for themselves. They're, I'm very sure that they're fighting for the fans as well. I don't think that mm. there's any lack of desire to do it for the fans but it just i don't know it's... yeah no and, and
0: i agree on that part where it's like they're they're playing you know and, and the clearest example for me was that first goal because uh from trying i believe it was chris allen yeah number eight he he broke the midfield line like it was nothing kalistri was next to him he let him go thinking quinn was gonna pick him up quinn couldn't pick him up right away they broke that line um over to fernando uh, and, and Babu had already stepped up. And so at that point, the defense is all over the place. There's no intensity. There's no, you know, cohesion. It just makes me wonder what happens the entire week for them to come out that flat. And, you know, and we can get into one of the comments here that Michael says that, um, let's say, um, uh, yeah, De- Devon Kerr, one of the USL analysts, uh, he was on a podcast today, uh, the fan experience, and he gave some really interesting thoughts regarding uh, rising and the team, its identity. And I know when you were talking about this before uh, off camera, but, you know, what, what did you think of Kerr's comments?
1: Yeah, so there's one in particular. I mean, his comments were kind of two pronged. There was the stuff that was the bigger picture. And then there was later on when he kind of went off and said, look, you know, people can talk about Rick they can talk about Bobby, but there were just too many errors, mm-hmm. way too many errors on that pitch. Uh, that just can't be happening. That as players, they shouldn't be happening. Mm-hmm. But the the one quote that really stood out to me from him here was: "Phoenix no longer has an identity as to how they should be playing. Phoenix doesn't have a true formation. They don't have any tendencies anymore. The fluidity in which some of their buildups used to uh, used to be have long started to escape them." So, look, I, I think he's right. Right? What we're seeing mm-hmm. is a team that, from week in week out, no one quite knows what exactly is. Is going on. No one knows quite what exactly you know. Even in the middle of a week, from what we hear, is just things keep changing, dropping and changing, dropping and changing. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the players quite know what is what is the plan anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, let alone any of the rest of us watching. Yeah. And so you just kind of get to that point where it's. I, I mean, of course they're going to come out looking a bit sloppy. Of course they're going to yeah. come out looking. As though you know they they don't really know what they're doing and and the answer very simply is that they probably don't
0: yeah no, quite, and and exactly I think one doing. one clear example that just you know jumps at uh, jumps out at me was the lineup, uh, the starting lineup uh, with Memphis with Lambert actually falling back to that center back spot, which we all you know he he took the spot up in, earlier in the season, but we all know that's not his best position. I you know that, rising definitely play a lot better when he's in the midfield and when he's on, it's very tough to get by the the uh that midfield and you know having someone like Lambert just like an all-league kind of guy, it just you know makes it a lot easier for rising to to kind of keep their wits about them. But it's you know, why does that happen? Why isn't Kose starting? You know, he was the the starter for the last few weeks, now all these changes. And I understand he's looking to find answers for those things, but when you make, you know, moves like that, it just kind of like you're saying, the players themselves, they don't know what to expect. They don't know how to prepare. And then come you know, Saturday, Sunday, whenever they're playing, they're just not focused. And then it just falls apart. So it's it's not working out.
1: No, it's not working out at all, as is evidenced by the league position. Yeah. And uh, quite frankly, the run of the last, what, 10 games?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think is it rising of one of their last 10 in all competitions?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's looking pretty really? bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, you did uh, you were able to write an article regarding the situation on GoPHNX. Uh, Owen, do um, th- you want to touch on that for a little bit?
1: Yeah. So a lot of those just so people know, um, we did mention obviously the players are on a bit of a break. Uh, that's been given to us as the reason why we're not going to have a press conference this week. So uh, mm. all of those quotes for anyone interested came from after the game on Saturday. Uh, but yes, Rick said in that one. Yeah, you know, right now it's this is to quote him. Right now it's about eval- evaluating everybody, myself included. We all have to look at everything.
0: Yeah, including I think himself. That's, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean that that could be applied to different things as well. It's like, well, I got to change things or I got to improve on things. It's not necessarily him saying like, well, maybe I'm I should go, you know, but. It's, well no
1: no, of course not. but mm-hmm. again, it's these are answers need to have come quite frankly two or three weeks ago, and they haven't. So we're already behind, yeah. right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, not, not good at all. Um, and like you're saying, they're closer to the bottom of the table uh, to than, than to a playoff spot And that in that situation when you're in that situation, this far into the season, uh you know it's it's pretty tough man like it it, the more i think about it the more i talk about it. it's like i don't know if this season can be salvaged
1: it's it's getting tough isn't it really because when we sit here and talk about what is the problem uh (laughs) there are too many problems almost you know Mm. and it's understanding right that there are a lot of things that we need to kind of do to just cut away at exactly what is going to to fix all of those and Mm. Ultimately, yeah, there's lots of things that we need to reflect on. Does it involve Rick leaving? Is mm-hmm. it something that Rick can fix? Um, I, I, I really don't know at this point. Yeah, um, It's just, it's tough, but quite frankly, again, things needed to change, to be honest, three weeks ago, mm-hmm. and they didn't. So yeah. now we are already at a point whereby we're looking at a team that is well behind where it should be, mm-hmm. and the time to actually fix that is you know really running out
0: yeah definitely uh oh and let's go back to the game a little bit uh there was a a big difference on the way rising started the game to how they started the second half it looked to me for a few minutes there that they were controlling the game they were controlling possession they kind of had memphis on their heels a little bit and it looked like they might you know should have had at least a, a you know they should have tied it basically, <laughs> not to sugarcoat it, but they were unable to do so. And then obviously the, the Ryan Flood red card. And then after that, just the third goal of the game. And uh that was pretty much it for that game. But what what was the difference between the first half and the second half for you that were there that was there live? And and why can't this team just kind of put it together for an extended period of time? I'm not saying 90 minutes, I'm just saying for a little bit longer than just the 20, the first 20 minutes of the second half.
1: I feel as though, well, one thing that we did see a bit more of is, is obviously we saw some Sandy Maher on the right, which can help. Um, put it onto a foot that's better for him to cross the ball in with. Uh, I feel as a later on as well, we also saw Richmond Answe out there who, again, sometimes it's a little bit unfair to, to kind of point to a guy who's come off the bench and say oh he's done fantastic wherever people have failed because when you're coming out for 10 15 minute run around at the end of a game mm-hmm. of course you can put out 10 you know you can put out 115 mm-hmm. percent, just because what why you, you know you've got nothing to conserve energy for yeah but it, 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 there were little things like that i mean look you can say rising deserve to to level it up, and maybe they did, but they also probably should have conceded another three or four themselves True. Uh, that Ben Lunt just put in some absolutely spectacular saves for, and, and that's what ultimately kept them in the game to be even say, able to say that. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I don't feel on the totality of the game that Rising can really stake a claim to... Having deserved anything out of it just mm-hmm. because the first half really ranks among, I believe, some of Rising's worst performances this season.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh going back to uh Kerr's comments a little bit, he did mention on uh on the podcast that he kind of sees Babu a little bit more of a winger than uh, than a fullback, uh, because he you know just of to take some pressure off of him defensively maybe just allow him to kind of be himself a little bit more on the other side of the pitch what do you think about that we've seen it before we saw it at that Loudon game I like the performance there um but I feel like he, he maybe ran out of gas uh, just because he was tasked by going up and down but what, what do you think of that in, in his comments
1: I feel as though uh, as much as I would like to say I'd like to see him as more of a winger um right now it's, I mean, in the nature of Ryan Flood, of course, will be suspended. I don't feel there's necessarily the depth at the back that we really want to see. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it's something that long run, maybe I'd like to see more of. But in the short term, I mean, even just in the long run, really, for this season, mm-hmm. there isn't really the depth at left back that we'd want to see. Yeah. Um. I do understand it. Look, I, I mean, as Michael's saying here, you know, Rick has got a track record of converting people to fallbacks, yeah. um something that he's tried with multiple players to do and i'm not sure that it's always the best solution um i'm not sure that it's always something that people are best fit and capable of doing because it is tough right yeah. you're asking these guys to to you know give you a lot of attacking threat as well mm-hmm. uh but also telling them they're not a winger they've got to be able to track back they've got to be able to one-on-one defend they've got to be in the right positions and be able to read, be able to read the game Mm -hmm. in that sense to be able to do it. And it is a lot, you're asking a lot of people and it's hard when you've got someone who is literally just a fullback to do that. As we've seen, you know, Daniel King has had his struggles with it. He had his struggles in the first season. He's had some struggles this year with it as well. Mm -hmm. It is asking a lot of someone to do, but I I just, I don't know. I, I can see why he would possibly be a better option up top that the real question is you know would would he get it done over the long run for rising given the struggles that we've seen
0: yeah no and that's and that's the key question you know and I know he's dealing with some injuries as well we saw him come out in that game against Memphis as well so it, it just you know and, and I'm just thinking like it wouldn't be that bad of an idea to just try something right now you know because if you allow him to maybe go up there a little bit you could maybe a little bit more creative than what Marcus Epps has provided or even Santi Moore. And like you're saying, he was, Santi Moore was moved to the right side, give, gives him an opportunity to put, you know, some crosses. And so it's, you know, it, it's just to see what, what sticks basically, you know, I'm kind I feel like I'm I'm throwing some spaghetti at the wall. Like someone was uh, commenting earlier just to see what sticks, you know, in regards to this. Um, Kerr also did make some comments regarding Greg Hirsch calling him, a you know, and I'm just paraphrasing here, but, Calling him a little small to be playing at the number nine position. And historically, you know, rising does prefer to have kind of bigger guys like Dadashov and, and the other guys in forehand. So what were, what are your thoughts on on those comments?
1: Feels as though Rising's kind of got itself stuck between a rock and a hard place. The rock being they can't play with a target nine. The hard place mm-hmm. being they can't play with a guy who's not a target nine. Quite frankly, what on earth is the plan? Yeah. Let's be honest here, because they can't play with Claudio Rapetto as a target nine. They haven't worked out exactly how that's supposed to fit in the system. And they can't play with a guy who's apparently not a target nine. So what 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 is the plan? what i'm i'm tired of of listening to this and talking about this when it's like these guys were all brought in right to to do the job this season you brought in people who don't fit the system or the system don't fit them what Mm -hmm. what is (laughs) what's going on right are are these decisions just being made up in a vacuum are they I, I, Mm -hmm. i i'm at a loss i'm at a loss really because look greg we know that he's got the technical skills to be able to do it are they playing the right way to him is a great question i play the right way to claudio when he plays yeah i I just i I don't know i I feel as though pinning this on an individual player is ignoring the fact that Mm -hmm. quite frankly nobody has a clue at the moment what exactly (laughs) phoenix rising is trying to do least of all phoenix rising okay so yeah no,
0: in in the midfield you know and you know kind of to call out, you know, the the other side of the field, that midfield looked atrocious at that time during the Memphis game. I personally do not want to see kalistri ever again in the midfield role. I feel like he's either going to be up top or be, you know, playing as a fullback. Because I just feel like he gets lost, like, or and again, maybe it's a symptom of bigger things, but I just feel like he was lost out there. He doesn't, he didn't know whether to come back with Quinn or provide more, you know, be be an outlet for Seijas and on, on a passing through the middle. So it's just confusion all around it's just it's it's hard to see man it's and it's tough to see i mean and in every and it happens every week (laughs) like and there's not there's not really like a light at the end of the tunnel which is even more frustrating no
1: no there's not because i I just don't understand at this point it's like you're just trying to mash these players out there and thinking they're inherently going to work in the system and Mm -hmm. and that's probably what's built up to this point when we're all saying we don't really know what rising system is anymore. We don't really know what the tactics are anymore. Mm. And it's for the very simple reason that there aren't. There yeah. aren't any real tactics at this point. It feels as though we went through that whole period of kind of investigation, of playing in a load of very different, systems that you know two up top five at the back uh we're gonna go with four four two this time and Mm. and just trying to work out things that are all a little bit different and then we get to the end and rick says i'm not gonna cover for the players anymore we're not gonna keep changing the system well they're your players they're your players that you brought into play your system like who's covering for what what (laughs) i
0: no i and i understand i understand that yeah it's it's rough. There's we just need answers, man. That's what we need over here. Uh, Scott good here. Results. With results. Results. Uh, let's read some comments here. Thank you again, guys, for, for uh, showing up here on a Tuesday uh, evening. Uh, we got uh, Renee here with a good comment. They try to build a super team of available players, but the team is not super in chemistry or in the system. Then This makes me think that uh, think even more. Rick has no clue and he cannot adjust uh scott saying somber tuesday yeah it is i'm trying to be positive emma it's rough it's rough sorry scott I'll, I'll try <laughs> we to... just
1: look every time we're like can we both, can we be positive and then we look at the league table the and bag realize bag, no
0: like... no we can't <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's rough um uh yes they're being made in a vacuum that's the point this is when you fire the coach and gm it's super simple but i agree that the owners won't do it yeah yeah um, let's see, Michael here with the comment and curve was right. That was a season we won 20 games in a row. We made a ton of comeback for victories. This team doesn't have that fight. That'll happen when you don't fight for the manager. Yeah. And you talked about that too. Oh, that, you know, it kind of feels like sometimes like when they turn it up, it's like when there's like something personal involved like either a red card or there's like a little bit of a tussle and we've seen it in a couple games now where once the intensity kind of turns up in that direction for some reason this rising team kind of puts it together you know and it's and it's something where we kind of like like what happens when you're not in that mode when you know we're just kind of trying to play the game it's it's interesting Mm -hmm. to see
1: yeah, and to the point here, which uh, is another comment here from Rene, that we aren't playing to the strength of the players, and that is all coaching. You coach the players, not the system. Generally agree, uh, but I would say that he probably should should have brought in players that fit the system. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. One other question in here, was Claudio injured on Saturday? I don't believe I've heard anything to suggest that. I don't think he wasn't on the injury report, was he?
0: No. No, I think no. That was, so, that was a decision
1: so yeah and it wouldn't be the first time we saw that in vegas as well where claudio was left at home and and rick's comment after the game was well you remember the last time he
0: started
1: last time he started uh was that the game where they played two up top in loudon i believe
0: Mm. okay so a few games but even then you know we can't really feel like the impact that he was supposed to bring in and and again we talk about the strikers but then you kind of have to put it up to the wingers like what how much service are they providing And then as far as that, you know, it's just you you look at the statistics and, you know, I'll I'll refer it to John Morrissey, Marcus Epps and and Santi Moore, as as far as expected contributions, they're one of the the worst in in the league. And that kind of just tells you everything about, you know, what's going on up top with rising. So not not good.
1: Not good. Not good. All right, Owen,
0: uh, let's segue over here. That's enough of the Memphis game. I'm getting agitated now. But uh, <laughs> we got some news as far as the front office is concerned with Phoenix Rising. Uh, William Krause was appointed to its board of directors as governor. So, uh, Owen, I'm not uh, too familiar with how the structure of this uh, works. So, I don't know if you can enlighten us, uh, me and everybody else that might not know too much about this. What does this mean?
1: Sure. So uh, the main thing about the idea of the governor in the club is they're the person who sits on the appropriately named board of governors within mm. the league. Uh, and that was previously a role that was handled by Berkey Bikai. Uh I feel as though it. You know, from what I gather, Berkey has been preoccupied elsewhere. You know, I'm not suggesting he's completely and utterly checked out, as as some people definitely seem to think. But look, it's not easy when you are running multiple football clubs and you also have other business interests on the side, right? Mm-hmm. It's a lot, it's a lot to handle. So uh Bill Kraus now is the he's taken over as governor. Berkey has uh stayed on as chairman, I believe, at the moment of the board of directors, but Bill will represent them at the uh, league meetings. So that includes the media meetings next week, where for those of you interested, I am hoping to be able to sit down with Bill next week in Louisville at the media meetings. We'll have that here on a PHNX Rising, so make sure to follow along. But yeah, uh, one thing I have been told, just for anyone who's interested here, is that it sounds as though Bill is the kind of person he's been around for a while now. He's one of the first investors recently in this, that it it seems as though he's someone who's more willing to, to make certain difficult decisions. So obviously those difficult decisions are starting Mm -hmm. to rack up right now for rising. Uh, So he's got a kind of a tough task coming in now onto the board. Um, Again, he's been around for a while, but, yeah yeah i i feel as though it's something that just there's a lot of almost like too many chefs at the moment isn't it Mm. with the ownership there's so many people so many people involved and look i'm not gonna put forward as though they are squabbling or any of that because that i do not know Mm -hmm. Uh, that i can't comment on but i will say that it's it's tough when you have so many people that are kind of have different viewpoints and and we saw this when when the team didn't put out a Roe vs. Wade statement that you know and ultimately I am led to believe that it comes down to trying to avoid confrontation in the boardroom. Mm-hmm. Um it, it's it's just difficult. It's difficult to really get consensus and unanimity on things that are that are difficult decisions. So I don't know. I yeah it's mm-hmm.
0: No, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, You know, based on the press release, it looks like there are changes coming. Um, And I'll read you the quote here uh, that it's and this is from the press release. Uh, This is an incredibly exciting time to be joining the Phoenix Rising FC Board of Directors as governors. As governor, the decisions we will be making regarding soccer operations, the addition of new investors and expanded facilities will set the course for professional soccer in Arizona for the next several decades. So I mm-hmm. thought that was really interesting. Um, and, you know, we can break it into three parts, which is the soccer operation. So operations can mean, a, a, you know, a ton of things, right? But it sounds like what you're saying is like, he's ready. He's ready to make these decisions and kind of try to move this team, you know, back to its former glory, you know, because if we've got to be honest, they're kind of.
1: Sure as hell not in it now, is it? There you, I mean. go.
0: There you go. So, you know, we can definitely <laughs> expect something like that uh the addition of new investors and and that caught my eye a little bit because we've talked about this a few times on the show where it's like what what's the direction of the club you know are they looking to just kind of stay in usl championship are they you know kind of dipping their toe into moving up to mls like what's the direction i think that's that's a big question that fans have in regards to that so investors would that mean maybe a potential move or maybe a stadium like a permanent you know fixture so what are your thoughts on that one
1: Look, I feel as though they have not given up on MLS. Mm. Uh, it will require some of them to be bought out. You can't have all of the uh big, you know, big ownership group that they have right now, realistically, if they're going to make a move up there. But I feel as though that's the direction that some are still trying to pull things in at the moment. Um, they haven't given up on that dream per se. I know that many of our viewers won't. Uh, <laughs> won't quite agree with that as a dream. Uh One of which, you know, Pat in here is, I'm sure will agree. It's not a dream, but um mm-hmm. there's still an element of, of kind of pushing for it. And look, it, it's hard to really project things out in the decades when you're in USL. Let's put it that way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh Let's take a look at the other part of here. It says the uh, expanded facilities uh, will set the course for professional soccer in Arizona. So, you know, I know there's been some, you know, kind of rumblings in regards to the stadium and if rising is going to stay here past this year, uh, uh stay at, at wild well, horse pass. I mean, it, what does this mean? Is there, you know, the, I know, you know, maybe you can't really say about the things that you're hearing, but are they looking to stay there permanently? Are they going to be looking elsewhere? You know, I, I go on the uh, infamous Facebook group and people are like, well, since, ever since they moved from Scottsdale, I don't like driving all the way out. Like, are they trying to find something permanent? And if, mm-hmm. if so, are, could we probably see something like indie that investment in the in the community, not only just the stadium?
1: I think there's going to be a middle ground first. Uh, I'm not personally convinced that Phoenix Rising returns to Wild Horse Pass next season. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel that to make that decision, unless there is no other viable alternative that will be ready for next season, uh, could be a recipe for disaster going down into the future. I'm not sure quite how long Rising can can realistically make it work there and be confident Mm -hmm. that... With a new management company that's working down there, that things are going to go ahead all all shiny and rosy and happy. Mm-hmm. I'm not thoroughly convinced of that. And look, I don't want to ring alarm bells alarm bells unnecessarily, but. I personally wouldn't stay there because I don't want to run the risk of seeing an OKC energy type situation. I don't want to even begin to chance that there needs to be a degree of security in mm-hmm. rising's future and, and location where they're playing. And I don't feel the way that things have been going lately. I personally do not feel that the future of that is down at Wild Horse Pass, but mm-hmm. we're going to have to wait and see. Uh, there's still mm-hmm. situations, still talks that are all ongoing, but yeah that that's kind of the situation here and we'll just have to wait and see
0: yep yep we'll see pat here is saying a uh, wild uh horse pass is cursed huh? first round exit last year and then this season maybe maybe um owen like you said uh there was no press conference scheduled for this week um so we Pretty much don't have updates uh, from from the staff or Rick regarding what's going on with the team. But I've seen on social media, a lot of them have been taking some time off to go relax with their families. Uh, seen a couple in San Diego and here and there. So you know, hopefully they can get the rest. I think they, you know, they deserve a little time off after the craziness that's been going on with the team. So maybe that that kind of fills up their batteries and they come out you know a little bit stronger. You know,
1: mm-hmm. you'd hope so. You'd hope so. But again, the problem is we we all want to uh you know put this behind us and say it's okay they'll come back better and stronger. And then you look at who they're playing next and you go, oh no. No, I'm not thinking oh, about no. that so
0: like Thursday. Oh no. <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll talk about that for sure but uh let's take a quick break Owen, uh and talk about our friends at ogs brand so if you guys didn't know ogs just launched their first ever limited edition seasonal flavor and that flavor is pina colada it's a perfect pineapple and creamy coconut blend that you can enjoy so if you haven't yet make sure to go to their website which is ogsbrands.com you can check out ogs online you know purchase all the product that you like not just the pina colada they got a bunch of other ones that are really good and also if you're on social media uh, you can add them on Instagram at, at OG's Brands. And you can also find their products at your local dispensary. You know, some people like to buy in person instead of online. So they got a bunch of options for you. Uh, and then just a reminder you must be 21 years or older to purchase OG's. And again, check them out at OG'sbrands.com to purchase their products. All right, Owen, what do you want to talk about next? We got here on the slate
1: i don't know you know we've actually we've got a few comments on this so let, let's make a slight change of let's track here we'll go back to an old old question here of christian's from a fair bit further up in the chat but hey it. i'm resurrecting it <laughs> so question i'm not sure of the answer there's a new coach coming and we magically start winning not saying rick shouldn't go this is on him do our players play a part in this downfall i'm so, gonna let yeah. you start on this
0: yeah 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 so Here's here's the thing. So you you've talked about this a couple of times that yes, the players are underperforming, right? A lot of these players are new. You know, they they're new to the system. They're new to Rick. You know, they they've shown ability in other clubs, and there's a reason why they're at Rising. You know, but there's a person that is tasked in bringing those talents to to Phoenix, and that's Rick. You know, he, you know, him and his staff, they personally go out and scout these guys, they bring them in, and it's up to them to make. The system work that they have under the players that they bring in so i think it's kind of like a cause and effect kind of thing where yes the players are underperforming but who brought the players in you know and and at that at that point that's when you kind of show your coaching acumen a little bit and making things work if, if you know one player is not performing up to par or there's injuries um, or whatever else is going on and that's part of the job you know you adjust and you make the changes and ultimately you try to reach that goal regardless of the circumstance
1: yeah, and I mean, there's a couple of things here. Normally, when you get a new coach in, you sometimes see a little bit of a bounce. Uh, it's yeah. hard to really suggest. It just kind of almost comes of like, whatever it is, the rot that was in place is almost starting to mm. to be replaced. Now, I'm not, I'm not calling Rick a rot in there, but that's just yeah, <laughs> a weird phrase. Um, but anyway, uh, it, it's just a, a point whereby, you know, the players almost... You get that realization of they've just lost someone their job, or any negativity that was in there can be weeded out a bit more easily sometimes by somebody else who's mm-hmm. not so entrenched. Um, I, I just, I don't know it, and I th- feel that whoever comes in this season, look, you, you may not be able to have many big expectations if they come in this season uh, that they're going to turn it around because things are all, you know, kind of. On the down, let's be honest. But look, you—you know—I I agree with Pat. I agree with kind of what Christian's coming here, which is that if you're going to make a change, don't let it fester because you need someone to come in and be able to hit the ground kind of running for next season. You know, yeah. you don't want someone who's coming in cold and and coming in with no real time around the players, no real ability to judge who mm-hmm. gets on well with each other, who you know do you want to bring back the following year, who don't you want? To, I, I just. Yeah, yeah. It, you get to a point where it's just you, you've got to, you, you've got to get the wheel turning. If you're not bringing him back next year, you don't wait until the end of the season. Not least, and this is the other thing I'll say. I've said this before. I'll say it again. Look, Rick has achieved a fair amount with this club, right? We're not going to deny that. Mm-hmm. The longer you let this go on, the longer you tarnish those memories. The longer you kind of replace this idea that rick achieved something here with just frustration at him and personally i don't think that any of us want that i feel Mm -hmm. that you want to be able to look back on the good times and just accept that at the end of the day this is how the game tends to work right the game tends to work in that if a coach doesn't leave when they're on top eventually things turn Mm -hmm. sour um and and you've kind of got to make a decision ultimately normally before they get too sour that they've soured everything that, that comes before. So I don't know. I, I just, I know there are people in here who are saying, look, we need to make the changes now because you know, there's no real chance of changing, turning things around. If we leave things as they are, mm-hmm. uh, And you've got to at least roll the dice and give it a chance. But I don't know. I, I just feel as though we've really hit a point right now whereby, I guess it gets closer to you just asking what have you got to lose?
0: Yeah. And I, I don't know. I think just if if they do make the change, let's say now, and if it were to happen, it'd probably happen in this ten, 10 day, you know, kind of break that they have between games. And you probably want to do it, you know, between today or tomorrow, because otherwise you don't have time to prepare for, for Louisville. So I doubt it's going to happen. I don't see it happening. It's, I think it's going to be really rough, you know, to to have that. Here's
1: happen. here's what I'll say. Um, it's been discussed. I know on the, the SiriusXM show with Devin and, and Mike, and they've come out with you know, Rick's got till the end of the month at least. I do know that there's a general view mm-hmm. that there isn't really anybody to step up within the club. So, bear in mind that this kind of run may not have taken a lot of us by surprise and we Mm -hmm. were talking about this you know a a little while we've been talking about this now for a fair while haven't we that it's not really up to scratch um but it clearly some people were very very defensive of rick in the early stages of this and it's only more recently that we've seen the turn Mm -hmm. um look I think if they're worried about the fact that there's no obvious interim candidate already at the club you've got to give them a bit more time to sort it because they're going to want to have someone either lined up or very close to lined up and you I don't think they' are making the calls right now I think there would be negligence if they weren't um and, and i mm-hmm. I personally believe that they are
0: yeah
1: um but it, it would be sheer negligence if if they're not, I mean, yeah. the way things are going right now, it's just a question. How much longer could you leave it? Okay. And mm-hmm. I mean, every, everyone, I, I see Christine in here kind of laughing in the chat about, oh, ooh, hang on a minute. I, I know one person. Well, yes, everyone knows of one person who at least is claiming to because he mm-hmm. ran his mouth at a previous game. Um, you know, multiple people, there were fans who'd been up and spoken with a certain former manager in this league. Uh, and who commented on you know the the fact that he was interested in the job that he'd taken in a heartbeat and was Mm. almost trying to sow discontent in a way that isn't necessarily the best of uh indications um the person in question is of course being named in the chat right now so uh you want to scroll down you're not gonna you're not exactly gonna miss it but he has been telling people very openly that that he's you know after the job um now how much truth in there there is or how much of it is just him trying to effectively kind of force his way into it and no thomas it's not rooney
0: um i'm pretty cool actually (laughs) Imagine that uh, Owen and Rooney in the past would have been oh fun. God. But yeah.
1: Uh, I I just wonder, I wonder what exactly is gonna happen. Um yeah. I feel as though, and I'm gonna be perfectly frank here, if it is the person that we're talking about here in a, a certain form of Vegas Lights Manager, I, I wonder why it's taking so long. Um, but yeah, no
0: yeah. idea. We'll see. We'll see. So if you're saying, you know, based on on what was told, said on that podcast, if he Rick has until the end of the month, which will probably, you know, we uh, the last game against Colorado uh after that game it'll give rising 12 more games to the season is that enough to salvage the season even if you bring no. them, you know, like that that's what i mean I, like,
1: i'm just i'm just kind of looking at it. you think like it can take a new guy like two or three games to really get to speed with where that's they are. what i'm saying
0: if the change was was going to happen it either had to happen now at this time literally when we're on air or a few weeks ago because there's just no there's no time and the, the way the team is playing I don't think in you know you talk about the bringing a new coach and maybe a, you know get a slight bump in, in performance, is it enough to change this team completely? And then once let's say you know for by by some miracle they do make the playoffs, is it enough to contend in the playoffs? And if is, and is it a still a failure if they get bounced in the first round? People are not going to be happy regardless. It's it's just a I would, a lose lose situation in all regards.
1: Yeah, I just feel as though you can't give expectations to a new coach if they do come in. Um, mm-hmm. I feel that Rick has the expectations because quite frankly, he started the season with them, but you don't shed them because Mm -hmm. you've underperformed in the start of the season. Um, So look, I think here's the thing. If Rick does stay till the end of the season, it needs to be very, very abundantly clear that only do they have to make the playoffs, but I don't think that finishing seventh and getting uh, knocked out in the first round is, is really going to meet expectation. It's, you know, if you give it into the end of the season, he's better achieve something. Um, <laughs> it, it's because it's just bad. And no yeah. one right now is happy. And I don't think anyone's going to be happy with scraping in and, and making no noise if the current management is still in place. If someone else comes in, that's, of course, a different question. Because, again, you're bringing someone in halfway for a year, you're more looking towards next year. Gotta kind
0: of throw up the really white flag in. Mm-hmm.
1: Not necessarily throwing up the white flag. You can still get it done this year, but I just think mm-hmm. that it's unfair to really push for them yeah. to, you know, push that yeah. they've got to uphold what the previous coach should have been doing.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right, Owen, let's talk uh let's talk about some draftings for for right now. Uh we do have some games actually tomorrow for USL Championship. I'm, i I kind of like this kind of Wednesday's game and then we got one on Saturday. Like uh, I know it's gonna be rough on on rising next week when they play on Wednesday and then they play again on Saturday, but it's
1: fun. And then they us. play again on Wednesday, the, the next Wednesday, and then they play again on the next Saturday. So it's it's busy, 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 busy. Four games in two weeks.
0: Not fun. Yeah, these guys better, you know, enjoy that break that they're having. Uh, but tomorrow, uh, we have Miami FC against Charleston Battery. Um, I got the odds right here, Owen. Let me see what you think. We got uh Miami actually favored at home. Uh negative 170 odds draw
1: because yeah, Charleston are bad.
0: But <laughs> often I don't see it that like different, at least in New no, York. No, so. no, that's true. And then uh 330 I, for Charleston. So
1: I'm a little bit shocked at the Tulsa New Mexico one. they re- I mean Tulsa are at uh, plus one sixty five, New Mexico plus one forty.
0: Mm. Yeah, I would go with New Mexico on that one i don't know i feel like they could mm. get it done so we'll see uh but yeah if you guys are wanting to bet on these uh games you guys can download the DraftKings sportsbook app uh, and if you guys do that now you guys can use promo code phnx and when you make your first deposit um uh, you can get a risk-free bet up to one thousand dollars so take those thousand dollars you've been saving right to go to disneyland put them on new mexico on the drafting sportsbook app and then that feels dirty though no I new mexico betting on new mexico feels dirty
1: surely chat join me in here please you can't bet on new mexico
0: what do you want to bet on miami come on
1: no i just Um, don't want to bet on new mexico
0: that's true i'm just trying to make some people some money here but yeah if you guys can do that on the DraftKings sportsbook app you guys can again get a risk-free bet up to one thousand dollars that's promo code phnx only at DraftKings sportsbook uh minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply see show notes uh for more details and notes for more details all right um owen uh do you want to talk about last weekend at usl see some results or maybe some uh, yeah we can stuff. if
1: you want um to. Invest- should we talk about the <laughs> intrepid investigators of san diego and
0: well, fill that. me in on that because I, I, I saw it on twitter but i uh, don't want to deep dive onto it but i know right you're like,
1: before you. we get in before we get in i will say full disclosure right mm-hmm. the footballing community here is not huge so when we talk about the referee in question Yes, I, I know Dayhan. I've met him, worked with him. He He's kind of making his return from injury, uh, after, you know, over the COVID period. Mm-hmm. And one of the games he had last weekend, San Diego loyal against LA Galaxy 2. Now, LA Galaxy 2 won that game 5 0, 11 minutes in. Uh, there's a red card for San Diego, penalty given to uh to LA Galaxy 2, they Mm -hmm. don't like it, uh, San Diego, because, namely, they they view it as coming off the chest. I think it was a very tight call, okay? I think we can all say, and and if you've watched that replay, right, that ball is blasted from fairly close range, Mm -hmm. but the arm is out, and it's tough to really see in real time, I think, that whether it comes yeah. off an arm or yeah. a chest. The more yeah, you I slow it down, the mm-hmm. more that you zoom it in, it looks like it comes off the chest. But yeah. I, I don't feel as though... And look, regardless of what people might want to say and nonsense they have online, and I am getting tired, tired of people who like to run their mouths and have never picked up a law book in their life and do not have a clue <laughs> what they are talking about, right? They straight, play straight on. Or? Straight on. Like, I, I just... Yeah, they play FIFA. They think they know everything, right? Uh, so I... <laughs> but like no i know it's the same as like you know some guy who thinks he's he played call of duty so he's gonna go and win the war in afghanistan or something like great thanks no um it's (laughs) look (laughs) look you do not get sent off for an intentional handball intentional is nowhere. Right, intentionally so. No, I'm not getting the book out right now, Pat. Um, I do have them around, dotted around in various places. So you said them like has them.
0: multiple ones. That's awesome. I All actually right, do on. at the moment. <laughs>
1: um, but <laughs> listen, right, it, it's. It was a dog-so-handling, right, as Renee is saying here, which is very mm. obvious. It's denial of an obvious goal-scoring opportunity by a handball offense. In this case, as soon as you give that handball, with all of the situation involved there, it has to be a red. There's mm-hmm. no other alternative. Once he's pointed to the spot, it's a red card. But then you get stuff like Landon Donovan comes out and starts swearing about the way that the referee has treated them. Um, mm-hmm. I, I quite, frankly, quite frankly, if this was anywhere but usl he'd be facing a touchline ban for that and i think that personally he should be facing a touchline ban for that um because it's just not you don't come out and say those things after the game mm-hmm. and then apparently you know san diego twitter being it's i don't know how to describe it mm-hmm. go out and you get some kid uh, who is kind of stalking the, like, this referee's linkedin likes i was like just please can we not do that like no. just <laughs> Can we get some perspective here, please? I decided he's a rising fan on the basis that he liked a single thing about stadium construction that was not posted by the team or written by the team. Oh my god. Um, I, I, hey, you, you, you know what? You go out there and get the tinfoil hat on and maybe take Andrew and go storm PRO's headquarters. Um, you know, I, I'm sure Andrew's got some insight on that one, but I, I just I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm just, <laughs> I, I, yeah. you know, they, they lost 5-0. They lost 5-0, and all you hear about is the referee. Is that, if you,
0: yeah, no, no that's just mean,
1: mediocre, you know. If you're just going to make excuses like that for getting absolutely smacked in the way that they did, just, mm-hmm. just pack it in. But it's okay, because Landon Donovan has been shortlisted for the Quakes job, apparently.
0: Oh, look at that.
1: There is reporting. I'd be very intrigued to see how he does when he's not backed up by the backroom staff that make the decisions for him. Um, I'd be intrigued to see how he does on his own up there. Um,
0: Going back home. Yeah. Yeah, and
1: I'm not sure how well it'll go. Um, And then maybe Nate Miller can step up and be the head coach that pretty much everyone has been (laughs) saying he has been.
0: Uh, We'll see. We'll see what happens. That's a big step up. Definitely. So, Uh yeah, if you know, guys, don't don't stalk you know people's LinkedIn, LinkedIn's likes. You know, it's fine if you do it on Twitter, but not LinkedIn. So you know, it's a
1: it's a bit creepy,
0: isn't it? (laughs) It's just a
1: bit creepy. Yeah. yeah. Do we do you not have anything better to do with your Saturday night than go like looking? No, I. (laughs) I mean, what? (laughs) Yeah, who, no. who does that? Seriously, who does that? And look, people want to talk about... We'll, we'll get into this, actually. There's a little bit more in here I'll talk about with, yeah, with PRO it. and referee assignment and all of that. I don't know how much people really pay attention to these things. Mm-hmm. Look, Michael Radchuk is from, um, uh, you know, Southern California. I believe he lives in Corona at the moment. Um, he's refereed rising against Orange County several times. It happens, mm-hmm. okay? Every game you go to, the fourth official is normally a local official. Often the assistant referees that varies more now. You see more of these now that do, uh, you you know, do get flown in, but you also get a fair number that are local. Um, We see it at Rising Noah Kenyawani immediately comes to mind Mm -hmm. uh, as he's an Arizona guy. Um, You know, it's at the end of the day, people have to quite you know answer this one for themselves what do they want to do do they want to see money prioritized in places that it's currently not which is training Mm -hmm. uh do they want to see those kind of things to try and improve things or do they want to see people flown across the
0: country uh you know that's what i was gonna say it's like it you know that's expensive just due to budget yeah exactly just due to budget stuff you can't be flying referees everywhere it's not like they don't got the NBA budget or something like that. I fly these refs all across the country. So, And they're, they're not full-time. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: They're not full-time. So you're asking these people to do more now to um to kind of, you know, give up more time almost to, mm-hmm. to be able to make some of these trips. That That's not really fair on them, uh, yeah. especially not for the compensation rates they're getting. I, I saw someone suggesting referees should be fine. It's like, oh, yeah, take the, the, the you know, reasonably meager amount that they're getting for a a professional it is more than that i'll (laughs) say that much but it's for a professional game you kind of look at it and go and there's people making more than this on college games like yeah at least in you know other sports like basketball and and american football but i I just let's be nasty isn't
0: there like a shortage too of just refs so you know there
1: is in general yeah there is in general but i'm just yeah, pe- people don't stop stop going overboard. What do you want them to do? Spend it on training, which they currently don't really spend enough on anyway? Or do you want them to to spend it on travel and run the risk of also run the especially in the current climate of travel, right? Like, you yeah, know, Rising's flight to Memphis was what were we, because I was on the second plane. Uh we got in about two hours late, uh, or hour and a half late. Uh, and then Rising's flight back from Memphis got in about seven hours late okay you want you want to be flying people long distances right now do you want to get to a situation whereby you've got referees assigned to games that can't get there
0: because flights are a mess at the moment that's uh, a buddy of mine he's uh flying in from new york to utah salt lake and it's 1500 dollars to fly for, uh, that's insane that's how crazy travel is well that's another topic but yes yes be nice to the refs and be courteous yeah because uh some stuff going on out there so <laughs> don't stalk their linkedin
1: do not stalk their linkedin
0: maybe get uh, a life get a life <laughs> all right owen uh but yeah no that pretty much wraps it up for us today um uh, you know uh it's it's a weird week like you were saying at the beginning of the show and because uh you know there's no game this weekend so we kind of just have to, to sigh and kind of you know get some four peaks and some ogs and kind of just hang out you know so (laughs) Mm -hmm. but uh but we'll be back we'll be back one
1: one last one last thing on the referee topic before we get in here renee is correct in here that usl refs aren't necessarily pro like mls that is correct of course the pro top group that are uh, part Mm -hmm. of the mls structure they're all full-time for the most part um Mm -hmm. they're part of the main psri bargaining group then you have the pro2 which is split into four different tiers um, and that's where Rising most of Rising's referees are sourced from. Um, yeah, they okay. are all part time. Um, mm-hmm. you get a handful of times you may see someone from the, the main full time group drop down, but it's really, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, so these guys are all part time, they're all trying to work their way up there. They're also at the moment trying to unionize, and there's some real argumentative stuff going on whereby they voted to unionize, and yet PRO is still arguing and trying to file that they can't. I
0: don't know.
1: But hey, it's fun stuff.
0: Yeah, I always like to talk about unions. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with them. Again, just be nice. Be nice to the refs. You know, it's a uh, not. Uh, I'm assuming it's not the. You know, based on my interactions at Benedict Park, it's not the <laughs> the nicest jobs in in some occasions. So uh, just be nice to the refs. All right, Owen. Anything else?
1: I feel like we're just about hitting the end. Um, we should plug what we're doing on Thursday, though.
0: All right. What are we doing on Thursday? We got uh, some sort of rankings. We love rankings here at the PHNX show.
1: <laughs> Indeed. We are going to introduce for the first time the PHNX power rankings of USL wow. Championship. So cool. if you are fed up of reading Nicholas Murray's ones and you want somebody else to shout at I us am. Instead, you can shout <laughs> at us instead. So it will be a combination of uh, some algorithmic stuff, some mathematical ranking our opinions between the two of us and also the opinions of other journalists around the valley so you're gonna see all of this smushed in together and uh
0: we'll see we'll see what happens but um i put them lower than that michael so don't worry about that uh yeah we'll, we'll uh we'll have that for you on thursday's show so uh owen thank you so much again for your opinions and uh you know bringing all this knowledge into the rising show and the chat as well. Thank you for keeping it lively. You know, we got uh, fire chance. Chance as always Uh Scott, Renee, Thomas, Michael, uh, all the usual suspects here. Thank you so much. For and coming.
1: of course, uh, don't forget Dooley and Rick must go.
0: That's true. There
1: you go. It's also Dude, on that. It's awesome in the chat.
0: It's they haven't also commented in, in a chat. while. So that's why I couldn't find them here. But yeah, thank you <laughs> for joining us as well. Um, if you guys haven't uh, already, make sure to follow us on our Twitter account. PHNX underscore underscore rising. Uh, we are at 630. We're almost there. 650 they fifty. You're gonna get the scarf that's right behind me. I'm gonna send it to you personally. We'll do a little, uh, a little drawing to see who gets it. And then also, you guys can visit phnxlocker.com and purchase your very own uh, phnx Rising shirt as well. So, make sure to check us out there because it helps us out, it supports us. Our managers see it. They're like, "Yo, people are buying our stuff. Let's make more stuff for them." So, always appreciate that. Um, all right Owen that is it for us here uh again we will be back on Thursday no show this weekend obviously because rising isn't playing but uh we will be back the following Tuesday and of course post game on Wednesday um uh, actually Monday uh, we'll talk to you guys about later uh, about that later but <laughs> uh, until then guys uh well, again we will see you on Thursday be well and stay safe take care